G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and today I am joined by a very special guest, Checkers. How are you, mate? Fantastic. Love being back here. It's best podcast. You didn't sound that enthusiastic about that. No, I'm actually so keen. I said, in the case last week um, and I said, man, I'm doing... Keeper League on Monday. I'm so keen. I'm keen to be back. That's it's good. Pretty, all right, now I'm keen. Yeah. Right, good, good, good. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I am, I'm actually very excited. We did a couple of podcasts last week and I was, yeah. I was saying the whole way, I said, no, I'm more, most excited about the Keeper League because it's just chatting about footy. Yeah, that's good. What other podcasts are we on? Uh, we did JP Drake's podcast last week for Super Drake Supermarkets. Yeah. Is that just about chalky milk or what? Oh, it was about all sorts. Um, <laughs> it was like a two and a half hour recording as well. Yeah. Um, and then we did Bevo's Legends on Friday. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, no, this is fantasy. Yeah. It's just good because, like, making myself go on, like, when I go on this podcast, it just makes me research, makes me look into That's fantasy. Good. So yeah. it makes my, it's, it helps my research, makes my week good. Yeah. And it's kind of part of the reason why we guess we started it in the, in the long run. Like, we're always talking about it and chatting about it anyway, and it kind of just kept you accountable. Keep, yeah, it keeps me accountable. That was the word I was looking for. It keeps yeah. me in check, make sure I research. And then when it comes to doing my trades or whatever later in the week, I'm like, no, I know everything I'm talking about now. That's I've good to hear. Studied in. Yeah. Well, maybe you should come in every week and then you'd yeah. be number one in uh, I think that's what would happen. I think that's what happened when I used to do the lane kicking with Louis. We were both yeah. really good at fantasy. Yeah, you finished, what, in the top 10 back then, didn't you? Uh, you 11th. Won a, you won a hat, yeah. Yeah, and then it, when we stopped doing that, I dropped it off to like 20,000, so. <laughs> uh, that's always the case. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, no, good weekend. Um, I got a few stories, I guess, from out the weekend. So on uh, Saturday, going to the uh, to the footy, um, I was walking. I had to catch the train to North Adelaide because my partner and my son were at his soccer game there and I was going to meet up and my partner was going to drop me at the footy. And it was really hot. Like, it was a pretty hot day on Saturday. And so it's I was wearing a jumper. Warm. And I was like, I can't wear this jumper to the footy. I'll be sweaty. So I, I took it off and I was wearing a Keep League t-shirt. I kind of just <laughs> forgot I was wearing it. And I was like, oh, I feel like a massive loser, like wearing my own merch to the footy. Um, but I'm not wearing the jumper. It's too hot to wear a jumper. So I'll just, you know, no one's going to see me. It's fine. I get out of the car with the missile. Uh, about to walk into the Oval and some dude just comes up to me he's like love your podcast mate and I'm just sitting there wearing a key for it's, it's so much more known than you'd, you'd even understand I can't uh, even describe the amount of times I'm out places yeah. and just random blokes out of all things we've done like you know out of like any video they could pluck out or anything yeah, and right. they'll be like man I remember you saying this on the Keeper League last <laughs> no year and I traded in that player and it, it set up my week and I'm like oh, sweet. In the, I've had it in Melbourne as well over there someone came up to us MCG once and said I mean I don't think I've ever told you that but yeah, yeah. nice no, I did not know that would be the it's case it's crazy yeah. how Wide, wide it gets. Got straight out of the car and then, yeah, felt like a massive loser because I was wearing <laughs> Keeper League Mine merch uh, to the footy game. But because, yeah, I've just got so many t shirts, so they're just white, so I just wear them underneath shit and stuff like that. So, but yeah, anyway, so I felt really like not cool, um, you know, doing that. <laughs> felt like a massive loser, but redeemed myself after the game. Um, I was uh, at the uh, the merch desk um, and my son was like, Can we check if there's any Connor Rosie badges? Because we they were out last time we were there. And I was like, Yeah, no worries. And they had Connor Rosie badges, just paying for it. And then behind me, I hear, hey, Hef, and I uh, turn around and Checkers is walking past in his- uh, Looking like even more of a loser. <laughs> in his Div 12 uh, resis uh, get up. But anyway, it turns out the uh, the kid behind the um, the desk uh, uh, serving me was one of my ex-students. <laughs> so, like, so yeah, I was talking to him for a bit. Saw you say good day. He's like, oh, my God, is that the Div 12 resis guys? And I was like, yeah, he's like, I love their, I love all their gear. Like, do you uh, know them? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know them. They do podcasts with them and stuff like that. And they're like, so I looked really cool after that because oh, I knew good. the Div 12 resis guys. So, Jeez. yeah, totally redeem myself uh, speaking about it being warm I was wearing my long sleeve um, <laughs> I have to commit to it and it was so warm playing and then to make it even worse we were playing an away game and the rest of our club was playing 
I don't know where they were playing. Playing at home. I don't keep in touch with the ones. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I think they were playing at home. Yeah. And we didn't have a trainer and we didn't have water bottles. Yeah. Because obviously they just got left at the club, forgot about, and we were playing in the parkland, so there was no tap water or anything. Oh, that's awful. And all we had was milk. And um, <laughs> we had like lots and lots of chalky milk. So I was wearing this long sleeve. It was like, I don't know what the temperature was, but it was warm. Yeah. Um, I sweat it up, had no water in the morning, just had milk all day. <laughs> and then had to go to the footy. And <laughs> the first an thing right that here. happens at the footy is I go to the canteen and- get more milk and then I go to get water at the hill at the bar and they'd sold out of bottled water. Yeah. So yeah, I was struggling. I was getting, getting the dizziness going on, but <laughs> just more and more milk. Committing, committing to the, to the fit, <laughs> to committing the- to the long sleeve. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. So yeah, the disc 12 resi stuff is uh, obviously going strong, living up to the uh, name, drinking milk while you're playing footy. So yeah, yeah. bloody uh, good, to, good to hear you keeping that going. <laughs> lots of lots of milk. We had the premiere out there. I saw the videos. Yeah. So Peter I didn't get the paper this. after this. Apparently it's in the papers. Yeah, now, I so. did. I saw it actually. So yep, it's, uh, yeah, it's yep, in the advertising this week. Just kicking goals, mate. You're a celebrity. <laughs> hey, he kicked a goal. <laughs> he did. He kicked a goal after having a meal. So. Oh, that's all right. The milk's doing its uh, doing its yeah. thing then. All right. Well, we'll actually get stuck into the show. I guess we should probably talk about the mid-season draftees. Um, went through them on the website. So all the numbers are up there on the website. The only one that really has any fantasy relevant, and that's if he gets a game at all, is probably Mitch Hardy from, he went to Geelong, I think, but he was at Woodville West Torrens. Yeah. He's the only one had a decent like fantasy average, apart from like maybe Caleb Poulter. I mean, Caleb and, Poulter um, and Quinton Narkel yeah, could Quinton be Narkel. handy pickups yeah. for like a keeper league. Yeah. I was looking at it as well. I looked through all their st- um, stats. So, I mean, they could be handy. They're not going to be anything that you want to be like going nuts about and jumping straight yeah, in the roster. You probably wait till they get a game, see how they perform, see what role they got. But yeah. like, yeah, Mitch Hardy had the good the good stat sheet. Yeah. So that's the only really one of note there. Usually there's a bit the other more thing to be I was about. thinking in, on the car here is like how many of those mid-season draft days have we seen kick into gear in their first six months yeah most of them like, we've also got like Snelling and um, John Noble and stuff but they didn't kick into gear until after they did a full preseason. yep correct so yeah. like I mean even then you probably most of those guys are going to be on the right on like the, what do they call them the waiver yeah, yeah. over the off season anyway so yep. there might be a next year type gig yeah and then yeah if you're playing keep leagues like ours it's virtually impossible to pick them up now anyway because we don't play waivers and things like that as well so probably ones you just want to have a look at going forward and then yes maybe make a decision on them next year alright we'll get stuck into the main show but just uh, quickly we'll mention that this show was brought to you by Game Day Squad uh, create, coach and compete in fantasy football uh, basically if you haven't played it before you open digital packs to build your team instead of picking players from a player pool um, so you get these virtual cards that you can use and they are unique. They use a uh, special technology to make them unique per player and there's only a finite amount of cards around. But uh, yeah, different types of cards have different multipliers so you can get better fantasy averages and things like that per the car rarity, all that sort of stuff. And you get free cards each week by logging in. So create, coach, compete in fantasy footy with Game Day Squad. Uh, it's fun, it's free, it's easy. Uh, head to gamedaysquad.com.au to build your team now. All right, let's get stuck into it. Uh, let's talk about the most relevant Keeper League names uh, of the week. Just guys that might be on the rise, guys that are probably undervalued, guys that aren't in the probably top 200 players in terms of fantasy. Um, or top 150. Top, what do you have? Two top two. Oh, yeah, Tim Taranto's not in it, whatever it is. Yeah. So <laughs> we don't know if we can go by, go by his list. But uh, yeah, so anyway, maybe not, maybe not top 200. It's a bit more looser when we get into the season, but you know what I mean. Depends what position they're yeah, in. Top exactly. 200 rocks would be a rogue, rogue list. <laughs> Just, like, I think there's less than 50 in the uh, comp so yeah it might be pretty hard to get that one I'd have to chuck you in there I reckon yeah uh, alright first player I want to talk about is uh, Cade Chandler um, 80 points what'd you make of his game on the weekend he kicked 3 points yeah could have been, if he kicked been 3 massive. snags it would have been a ton um, it would have been very close to a ton I think is that my mouth's a little bit off yeah but yeah um, he pops up for these games every now and then um, and then other games he just doesn't doesn't get near it 
Yeah. It's a bit unfortunate. I mean, you Do can't you think- really bank on him being consistently it'd, yeah. be, it'd be nice if he just consistently pumped out these 80 to 95 point games but yeah. I think they're a bit you know few and far, few and far between. between so the role the role's not great for that smaller half forward yeah, exactly. um, I don't know if he'll ever get the gig in the midfield either just because nah. of all the, the depth they've got at Melbourne like Cozzy Pickett probably the first one to go in there but yeah I mean Caden Bailey Fritch they both do it both of those forwards they, they, if they kick a, kick a small bag they score well but if they don't get anywhere near the goals I mean, it's a low-scoring game as well. well Melbourne only kicked eight goals for the game, so... Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I tend to agree. Like, that's kind of why I wanted to put it to you because I feel like I'm asking questions about him every second or third week. When he bobs up, yeah. yeah. just don't think the consistency is going to be there. Guy who has been bobbing up a bit recently is Brody Kemp. Uh, 73 points on the weekend. He's just shown a few signs as that intercept defender. He's had back-to-back 70s, and he also put up a big ton in his first game of this season as well. Does he have some potential or do you think it's a case of Newman being out, docking moving to the midfield? I mean, he's going to be one for the future, that's no doubt. Like, he was a high draft pick and yeah. everything like that. I'm just looking at his intercept marks. I just wonder how many he had seven intercept possessions. He had 14 touches and 10, 10 marks. Yeah. So, like, he wasn't finding a lot of the ball other than when he was marking. Yeah, it just felt like every time um, he, they, they chopped off something, it was Brody, he was in the hands of Brody Kemp. It'd be handy. It'd be real handy if he was linking up for a bit of that cheap ball that we often see, like, Doherty yeah. and Newman get. But I just don't think he was getting a lot of the cheap. Yeah. You know how Doherty and Newman just sort of, like, do that run through cop a hand pass and a kick yeah yeah for sure um, but yeah it was a t- 10 marks for 14 disposals it was quite a key back type you know yeah intercepting role yeah because I think a few oh, I don't think it was, was he sub a few times as well yeah, he was sub a yeah. few times yeah, so he's had a few um, low scores in there I think he had a couple of high scores as well when he came into the team so like yeah. he's been snapped on a, up on a few waivers already yeah um, yeah definitely but then I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if he cops a sub game and gets dropped off so you yeah know, keep an eye on it he's a watch for mine as he kind of builds into his career so just another one to start thinking about just want to mention uh, Paddy Dow he's the pitcher's still on the wall behind us. He never actually makes this screen anymore because uh, the camera doesn't go that way. But um, just want to make note that uh, Carlton actually scored twice as many goals um, when he after he came on the ground than he did with his own. So I reckon there's something in that. Um, yeah. Paddy Dow, <laughs> keep him in there. <laughs> he's the, oh, he's yeah, the key. Um, I was listening to part of that game on the radio on the way home from work. I think I listened to like the first or second quarter. Yeah. Then I got home and watched the second half. But on the radio, they were like, Paddy, uh, someone went off with a head knock and I remember the commentator was like, Paddy Dow's warming up on the boundary line. And I was yeah. just like, oh Christ. I didn't even realise he was named as a sub. Yeah. But my immediate thought was just Dossie. Like, no, just but like, the thing is, the crowd, the Carlton fans like really got around him I when mean, he was on. Like, I mean, all the ASO, so I like joined every club's fan group because yeah, yeah. you get some crazy like goss and in, intel in there just about like who didn't train or yeah. like photos or videos yeah from training. good idea yeah um, and the Carlton group just love Patty Dow yeah, like, they, they just, the it's so weird for the him. fantasy community hate him yeah and the Carlton like actual like fans fans they, they froth him they post Le- about him all the time like, legit got like a round of applause almost standing ovation every time I touch him him and David Cunningham yeah. like they just get me. so much good play like if they play in the VFL oh David Cunningham's <laughs> gonna be our greatest player in the future why is he not in the ones yeah but like as a fantasy I'm like, how are these guys still irrelevant? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's crazy. Well, anyways, managed to get Paddy down to the show for much longer than I expected to. There you so go, Dossie's in. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Finlayson, I want to ask, is he too good for the podcast? His first quarter was the best quarter of football I think played yeah. this year. Was it three goals in the first quarter? Four, four, four goals in the first, first quarter. quarter. Yeah. Um, I missed it. We got there at halftime, so I actually haven't seen the first half yet. Yeah. I want to rewatch it because... Um, Jeremy Finlayson's nephew follows us on Instagram. He was messaging us all about it. And then yeah. we got there and I was like, he's already kicked five. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Um, so my son had never seen a, a soccer goal before. Or yeah. Memories of not paying attention. And he thought it was like, because he's only four. He hasn't really yeah. watched Hebe before in his life. He just thought it was the most amazing thing he's ever seen. So now he's out practicing yeah. in the backyard and all after day. The, yeah. After the game, he's like, I think Jeremy Finlayson 
could be Port's best player. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's, not, he's, not, he's not far off. Yeah, and I was like, you're not actually that far off, mate. <laughs> it's just what he can do for the teams. But yeah, yeah, he's definitely too good for the podcast. Just because yeah. I think of his positioning as well. Like, so they're forward. Has he got ruck status yet? Or is he... No, I think, I think he started the season with it. So Okay, yeah, well, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. It's just... So for a like classic side, maybe not, but for a keeper league, like that's just perfect. That's yeah, exactly gold. what you dream for. Yeah. Like he scores me. Like I, know, I we usually go. You have to have four big scores, like four eighty plus scores in a row, and he always seems to have that one that drops him off. But I don't know. I think he's so important to our structure because he can go back, go into the ruck, all that sort of stuff. He's going to be a pretty handy score for the rest of the season. So it's very I've, similar to like Luke Jackson as well. Yeah, like keeper leagues. He's like you like to have that backup ruck on your bench, but by having Finlayson in your forward line, yeah, and a ruckman in your ruck, like in a keeper league setup, you don't have to have the backup on the bench. It's just yeah. like such a nice setup to have yeah, having exactly. a forward ruck um, yeah so like I said I'll tick that one off for 2G4 peaks we don't have to talk about it too much more so um, but yeah um, another guy who kicked 5 goals was Todd Marshall 103 points I reckon this one's more of a tip of the cap he's, he's had a few off weeks he had that concussion and it sort of knocked him about a bit but I, I think it was his first week back wasn't it I think, uh, yeah it might have been actually yeah, yeah. but yeah he had a few off weeks with a concussion so it's like I thought he was going to be like Coleman chance yeah. this year um, but he hasn't quite set a light playing against Hawthorne too he's not the biggest body but he just has that ability to just like take some athletic type marks yeah. which I like about Todd Marshall and he's so. kicking more of his goals this season as well like yeah. you know and it's scoring from you know you know, he's got a good, pretty good set shot, but you can also, you know, kick him from the boundary and he's stuff kicked, like that as yeah, well. Yeah, actually, um, Trey hates this, but I named the scoreboard pocket uh, Allied Overload Marshall pocket. <laughs> oh, dear. Because um, <laughs> when they played Bulldogs, he kicked the winning goal there in the wet. Yeah, fair. And then yeah. I'm trying to think the other week, well, there maybe it was Paul Essendon, and he kicked a big snag from like 45 out yeah. from the pocket. Yeah. And I was just like, this, and we were filming a vlog at the time, and I was like, Trey, he's in Marshall's pocket. And Trey's like, don't you buddy dare, that's Eddie Betts's pocket. And I was like, <laughs> I was like no, this is Todd Marshall's pocket now. At he's, the other end of the ground, my mate had him in a huge multi for first goal when he kicked one from the boundary I think it was round <laughs> one against Brisbane yeah so yeah. He's, he's got, got no, he's pretty good from the boundary yeah, I think is. he's sneaky yeah so we can kick a few goals anyway so he's probably one worth streaming but uh, yeah I don't love the pick playing in week in week out Ollie Wines a lot of our listeners have been moaning about over Me, the course I'm of this season this. yeah yeah got so every keeper league I've got he had 90 points on the weekend and he's actually had a decent month where I think he's had four scores that were 80 or above do you think he can ever get back to being that 100 plus average again or is it just like the, the kid shot the, you know the Horn Francis the Rosie the Butters show these days and yeah, he kind of just compliments it most annoying factor here is Porter won nine in a row yeah and normally when a team's winning like your player will average like five to ten points more or whatever yeah. I'm sure there's some data on it but you know a winning team you score more points yeah got the ball in hand and more. you think Ollie Wines being like Brownlee medalist main midfielder at Port nine games in a row like yeah. if that was Patrick Cripps at Carlton and they won nine in a row he would be averaging yeah. 120 over that period or it Sam feels Walsh like he's or, like fourth string at the moment you know if it was Jordan Ngoi at Collingwood and Collingwood were nine on the trot you'd expect him to be averaging 110 Correct. plus and it's like why is Ollie Wines is a guy who I drafted <laughs> in every league because I thought he's going to come back and average 120. It's dishing me up 50s, 70s, and 90. We're celebrating a 90. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, in, a, in a game where they were like up by 100 points at half time, you'd think the main midfielder would have gone like 150. Like, yeah, would gone nuts numbers. So I don't know. I don't think he can get back to 100 plus average. No, because nah. in that sort of game sense, in the way that Port dominated Hawthorne. He should have gone nuts. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, in a in the, if that's the best you can put up in a game where it's absolute domination for a you know at least a half a footy anyway. Um, yeah, you expect the biggest score. I hear what you said about Rosie and Butters and stuff. Obviously, like, yeah, they're, they're from his Brownlee year to now. That Port midfield's looking very different. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it kind of complements it more than anything, but it's still a handy player to have in our team as a Port Adelaide supporter. But might just not be the fantasy option as we once uh, expected from him. Uh, moving on to Dylan Williams, seventy eight points. He's been so handy in the classic community just because. It was a cheap, man. I think it was a 200k rookie that people brought on, and he's scoring 70s, 80s, you know, most weeks. Very, very at the moment. I've been on the field the last few weeks for my 
classic side. Do you think he's going to be a consistent fantasy option or do you think it's just kind of like he's got a bit of a role, he's fitting a kind of hole at the moment, but I don't know, what do you think of him long term? I love him long term. Um, I didn't rate him. I thought maybe he'd get to listen end of this year. I didn't think he was going to crack yeah, it same. because he got drafted as a forward. Yep, he's undrafted um, in our leagues after one ad drop period as well. He's still he's still sitting in the waivers. Yeah, I'd be picking him up. I'm hoping um, to get him. To be honest. We spoke so much about <laughs> Kane Farrell in the preseason. Yep, and he's like like um, ball use and the leg he's got. But I mean, Dill Williams like just a, the the footy smarts he's shown in a guy that's only played like eight or nine AFL games is nuts. Like just um, what do they call it? The switch across the ground and just like the chop chopping a play into accepting and stuff yeah I was like how the hell is he? he looks so composed and I mean it might just be like a little bit of like small sample size because he's only played a few games and they have one nine in a row so you know they're playing pretty good footy and he's just playing down back and you know reaping the rewards of playing in a winning side but yeah no he's shown, shown unreal footy IQ for someone that hasn't played much time down back yeah fair assessment um, I guess we mentioned it earlier but Quentin Narkel absolutely dominated in the we twos score 124 yeah, so yeah 29 touches yeah, I spoke to Sam Pepper on the weekend and he was the most excited man yeah. I've ever seen in the world about I Quentin Narkel I saw a clip um, welcoming him to the club and all that sort of stuff yeah it was I actually was at the origin on Wednesday and we were watching the draft I was watching it with Rochelle and Rankin yeah <laughs> I was there, I had all the footy players in a row yeah um, and I saw Pap ever rocking and just as Narkel got announced he was like yeah like, <laughs> that's awesome. a more excited man but yeah I bumped into him after the game and he yeah. said he's like oh I'm so bloody keen he's gonna tear up yeah sick well that's good to know hopefully yeah. Yeah, he does well, like- I mean Narkel showed so much promise at Geelong yeah just, just depends what his role is he's, he was a low time on ground player at AFL level so we'll just see, see how it there. goes with Fantasia, Narkel, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and Willy Rioli. That's some three big recruits for Port Adelaide. And then McIntyre's playing his role as well. McIntyre well. just dominated. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> He's playing very good footy. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, interesting. Anyway, so we'll move on to some Hawth players. Mitch Lewis, 96 points. He's averaging 80 at the moment. I didn't realise this because he, you know, he would go with a huge score one week and score 120 type thing and keep the average rolling on. I think he's just going to be one of the key forwards worth owning going forward. So I reckon he's a very high one. scoring game in terms of goals, wasn't it? Yeah, I think after half time we put the cue on the rack a bit and yeah, I think it was just kind of let a few players do what they want. But Mitch Lewis has shown a few times that the uh, fact that he's yeah. scoring that well though, like he's put up a few scores like that in a team that's like bottom four. Yeah, exactly. Um, imagine when they do get the kids come through the system a bit and yeah. he starts, you know, streaming a few midfielders that kick him the ball really nicely. Yeah. No, I agree. When they win more games, he's only going to score better. Yep. 100%. So, yeah, I reckon he's one just to stash for the future if you can because he'll be a good streaming option or, or a um, loophole option in the future. Josh Weddle had 80 points. A lot of junk time scoring for him in this game. He wasn't he wasn't a great game footy-wise, but it was a good fantasy game, you know what I mean? I thought he played um, – I mean, I got there at time, but his second half – I'm just looking at the stats. Yeah. To half, he had 25 touches. To halftime, he only had seven disposals. So, I yeah. saw the 18 disposals yeah. in the second half. <laughs> yeah. So, seven in the first half. I get rock over halftime. I was like, geez, Weddle is on fire. Yeah. And then I checked the scores and he was only on eight. I was like, oh, I swear yeah. this guy's had bloody 40 touches. Yeah, it felt like he was amongst it in the first half, but not quite there, and then just got a heap of it later on in the game. Um, he's had a couple, like, good games now, but, like, there was that one game where he got two goals because he was, like... Two goals f- in the first quarter. Yeah, 50 and then a free kick or something like that ahead of him. So, he's been a bit lucky, I think, and then... I again, like his game sense, though, for, like, he's 191 centimetres. I thought he was going to be, like, a development that's what player. I, yeah, I thought he was going to be key, more um, key. And it's similar to, like, Will Day. Like, they thought he was going to be, like, a two- to three-year development project, but he's yeah. just sort of, like, these two tall, skinny, runner. Like, he's got legs. Like, yeah, yeah. He's that rebound, rebounding tool kind of... He's going to be a like fantasy option off. in the future, definitely. When when you know, yeah, he works it. He gets gets a fifty games under his belt or so. Another one. To if think he's about. on your waiver, I, I, that's actually one I'd be very keen on because I think he will. He'll be like a defending defend, defensive option for ages. Yeah, no, nah, I tend to agree. Um, 
Dom Sheed uh, had 130 points. Do you reckon he's a player we can rely on now? He's had some massive scores. We spoke about know. him last time I was on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. I, think I wrote him off. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. Um, he was playing Collingwood and I immediately, um, just like, what's it called? Draft Stars. I had a Draft yeah. Stars team in. And I chucked him in there just because of the Dom Sheed Collingwood fact. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for one yeah, more like midfielder. Yeah, like the grand final, like, I guess. <laughs> it's just like there's something about Dom Sheed playing Collingwood, isn't there? Yeah. Um, yeah is, he, is he back? He's, what is he, 28? So he's still probably got a good few years ahead of him. He's probably like the the well, key you, pillar in that midfield at the moment. You think about like Gaff probably finishes up. Yo yeah. probably finishes up. Um, Shui probably finishes up. So yeah. it'd be like Dom Sheed. Tim Kelly, and then maybe a heap of the young guys in that midfield. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I think he's a probably he's goes a, to becoming their number one midfielder next year or in the next yeah. two years. He's probably someone you could target as like if you, if he's in a struggling team that's kind of down the ladder a bit. He's probably one you can probably target for some kids or some draft picks or something like that for the future to give you a real crack at the at the finals. I reckon. So he's just one to think about because I think he's shown enough now to kind of be trusted a bit more with some good scores. Um, Alex Witherden had 101 points. Like he's technically too good for the podcast. Yeah, but he's had a good couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Well, every time Hearn goes down he scores well massively so, yeah. yeah so I think his turn's done the hamstring I think again. earlier in the year so he played he was playing with Hearn this week but Hearn was out for a couple of weeks was it yeah um, and earlier in the year when Hearn went down injured he even like took over the kickouts we were looking at kickout stats it was like Hearn took all the kickouts in the first half yeah. got injured and then as soon as Hearn went off with it and took like 90% of the kickouts so yeah. he's pretty much a like for like for Shannon Hearn isn't he it's yeah like, when Hearn's out he goes big so it's a it's a bit of a you know just yeah, stream him while he's on or play him while he's on um, and expect him to go big uh, another guy who's on at the moment is Elliot Yo, he had 94 points. I think he's just back to being too good for the podcast. Um, if he can just stay fit, he's back in the midfield, um, scoring well, listed as a defender. I think he's going to be snapped up on most lists, so no much point talking about him. Another guy who's too good for the podcast, I reckon, is uh, Bailey Williams. 87 points again. He just keeps scoring and scoring and scoring. I think we technically did it last week, but just kind of confirmed it again. Coming against the, the dual uh, ruck matchup of uh, uh, Cameron and um, Cox, uh, scored pretty well. And his hitouts suck. He, um, he gets touted in, the, like, touted in that sense a bit. Yeah. Around um, the ground, but, I mean, he's there only ruckman. He just competes all day. Like he's a guy that just put puts in his effort, yeah. puts in effort. So I mean, he's I've got him in a few leagues. He's pretty handy. He's dishing up like seventies, eighties, the occasional ton when he plays a ruckman. He can win a few more hitouts against. Obviously, that was a hard matchup, like you said, dual dual prong ruck attack. But if they got a fixture where like they've only got like one ruckman or he's playing the lesser known ruck. Then yeah, he's probably good for like a ninety to a ton. So yeah, definitely too good for the podcast. Yeah, no, he's scoring too well. Um, moving on to some Collingwood players, Brody Meyercheck, ninety-eight points, um, three goals, fourteen kicks, eleven marks. Probably a tip of the cap, but he just pops up every now and then with games like this. Yeah, I mean they calling what they win by sixty-three points. They're playing West Coast, so you would have predicted that a few of their forwards would have been been on the scoreboard and scored pretty well this week as well. When you know when a top side when top side plays the bottom side, yeah. Yeah, predict Brody Mycheck would have had a little bit of an increase. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, fair point. Um, Mason Cox, uh, just moving on to some more Collingwood players, hit 94 points. I think it's just good to see him playing that kind of forward uh, with backup ruck roll, still getting, you know, 20 or so hit outs and scoring well. Um, I wasn't sure how they'd go uh, in the side together, uh, Cameron and Cox, that is, but they're scoring well. So he's probably one you could probably think about right, streaming in your forward line. When you, when you agree? Before he... What did he have, the injury? It was a neck injury or something, was it? Uh, yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, early in the year, I thought he was like slaying. I was like, Mason Cox finally cracked it. He's like, what, 31 or 32 years old though. Yeah. Um, but I was like, obviously coming from the background he's come from from America, like takes a while for people to find their feet in the AFL, probably that 50 to 70 game mark. And he's finally at that mark. And he's just like, I thought it was like, this guy's finally found his feet. Like he's slaying like 210 centimeter athletic beast. Um, did the injury, but yeah, with when Cameron was outside, he took the number one ruck roll. Yeah, 
Um, obviously, we just spoke about they were playing Bailey Williams, so he's going to have a bit of a boost in the hitouts. But yeah, I think Mason Cox at that point in his career where he's finally, you know, he's found out how to play footy. Like, yeah, exactly. It's kind of taken a while, but uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's unusual because we don't expect thirty-one-year-olds to sort of be hitting their peak. But yeah, this, this is his peak. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to the next game. Uh, Oscar Baker from the Western Bulldogs versus uh, Geelong game. He had ninety-seven points. He's actually played every game this year. Um, he's just been a bit inconsistent. I think that's given the nature of his role being a wing. Um, and in this game, it was probably no different. It's just that he was on Mitch Nevitt, who's a bit inexperienced, who also scored well himself. But they kind of just did what they want all game. So, um, yeah, the game just doesn't suit wingers right now. So, whilst Oscar, Oscar Baker pops up every three or four weeks with a good score, he's just not one to be trusted, I don't think. It's crazy how he's played every game, eh? Especially yeah, yeah. the players he's kept out of the side. Like, well, especially Toby considering McLean, they, yeah. Riley West, like the amount of players he could put on their wing. And they traded uh, Lockie Hunter as well, so... Yeah, like yeah, it's, like yeah, it's crazy that they that did that he's and come in. He couldn't get a gig at Melbourne, but he's come in and just filled the role very nicely. Yeah, like exactly. I wouldn't yeah. have predicted that at the start of the year. I thought he would have just played twos most of the year. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to him. That's yeah. very. Um, moving on to some uh, Geelong players. Tanner Brune had a hundred points. Um, he's firmly in that midfield mix at the moment. I know Dangerfield's out. Guthrie's still TBC on the injury list if he returns at all this season. I'm not really sure what is going on there because Geelong's uh, injury list John, is... The injury um, list is bloody crook. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you can't trust it. Yeah, <laughs> like, what are they right? And um, everyone else puts weeks. Short-term, long-term. Yeah, short-term, or long-term, TBC, intermediate or whatever. It's like, just give us the weeks, man. <laughs> or like there'll be footage of players like, you know, on crutches or whatever and they won't even be on the injury list. Imagine if, uh, can you imagine if Melbourne did that and like Clayton Oliver's like, what, a two-week injury and they just put like short-term injury? Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> the meltdown the media would have about that? Like, yeah, 100%. So, I don't know. I think Cam from draft Doctors is like he's a Geelong supporter, but he's been calling out their shit outery on Twitter and trying to get the fans to kind of rally against him to do it properly. So yeah, yeah, get on get on board that. Really like call it. them out. Yeah, so we need the weeks. Yeah, it affects everything. It's like, such like it's not even just for fantasy realms. Like I remember when before I played fantasy, I used to look up that stuff just as like a fan. I'd be like, yeah, oh yeah. sweet, we've got this fixture coming up, and you know we'll have Ken yeah. Guthrie back for that. You know, like it's probably a lesser thing, but it does affect like the punting as well. And like, not that I really give a shit about punting, but there's a lot of people out there that do. Oh, it's just like it kind if of, you're like, an AFL fan. Yeah. You just, that's pretty vital data like yeah. in terms of like when you read the news if you're going to read the news every week yeah. like yeah but also sorry going back to the punting it's like that's their like major sponsors of like all you know of all yeah, the AFL yeah. teams as well like it's a huge revenue source for them so like they're kind of stuffing around with it so it makes sense that the uh, the Geelong actually you know this AFL called Geelong out on it and get them to sort it out but yeah anyways. we want to see the weeks we want to see yeah. if any if anyone from the AFL is watching we want to see the weeks put on Geelong's yeah. injury list next week <laughs> how do you think Tanner Bruin scores if Dangerfield comes back in the next game or whatever Ugh, it's hard isn't it because when they had the who had a, Dangerfield went down and Tanner that game and he went straight in the midfield and sort of like exploded yeah it's definitely a like for like like Tanner Bruin's going to be such a good option for the future. I think he's got so much like prospects, but Agreed. until we see Guthrie and Dangerfield hang up the boots or yeah. commit to a full time forward role or whatever, yeah, then we're not just going to we're just gonna, not going to see him like consistently. Or ha- I'm not going to have faith in him. To I guess consistently it's score. Um, a little bit disappointing because you've got this season where he's got forward status and he's probably not going to have it. So you're probably not going to be, gonna be a mid only, and he's yeah, going to yeah. be like a gross price for classic owners. Yeah, he's going to be exactly. mostly picked up by people. And he's like, I missed the boat on that one. But. Correct. Yeah, that. I think I started with him in classic, but traded him out after the first week. So. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Grime Myers had 97 points. Um, he kicked one goal, but I think Geelong, especially early on, they were a bit 
kind of picky with how they went forward. They'd kind of chip around and wait until they found an option and things like that. And he got involved in a few of those marks. I think he had, I didn't write it down, but it was, I think he had a lot of marks. I think it was seven or so marks Eight in marks. that game. Eight marks Eight in marks. that game. So yeah. Um, yeah, they just picked it, chipped it kind of around the edge of their forward line looking for an option. So he reaped the it's reward. pretty there. handy. He had a handy back half last year in draft schemes as well. Like he just consistently was dishing out like 80s to 90s. Didn't really have any bad games. Yeah. Now he could be one if you're super desperate for it. He doesn't a have a massive ceiling, but he's like, what well, we've talked about, heaves, times and passes, like that consistent scoring that's so. what you need yeah um, yeah Mitch Nevitt mentioned him before but yeah 91 points he was on the wing and kind of rotating forward a little bit as well I think he kicked a goal in there or am I mistaken yeah that goal one? got a goal in there too so yeah um, push deep both ways seven just, tackles that's good. that helps out yeah, doesn't it that's very good yeah just push deep both ways like he was laying those tackles in defence and stuff like that as well so he was pushing yeah all the way back and kind of yeah just getting involved in the play so he was actually pretty instrumental in their win I think as well so he's going to be sticking around I reckon as one of those yeah, outside types I was tossing up in my classic trades between the Irish guy what's his name Oyson Oyson Mullen Mullen yeah. or Nevitt they're both similar price and I bloody chose Oyson Mullen <laughs> missed yeah. out missed out on the Nevitt train uh, uh, I didn't think yeah. he'd get a gig in the midfield I thought Geelong midfielders you know it's pretty hard gig to get it yeah. if Charlie Coswell can get a gig all those years yeah I exactly. thought then why would this guy Nevitt's get a gig be, yeah, same. well I found that outside role I guess and yeah, yeah just going okay it looks pretty good uh, moving on to the Crows game not a lot to talk about here the main takeaway is just don't stream players playing in Darwin because there's yeah. stuff fantasy what story going on. What I read today is an article um, uh, Gold Coast as a team averaged 100 points less yeah. in Darwin which which in the scheme of things think about it this way so Gold Coast haven't won many games this year Yeah, they won both those games so really in a two winning side you'd think they would average like 100 points more than what they have every yeah. actual year so really it's like a 200 point yeah, less deficit. Really. Yeah. Like, it's crazy that they average 100 point less in two wins yeah. like well, one guy that laps up the uh, Darwin condition though is Jack Lacocious. He had 95 10 points goals again. in two yeah, weeks. Exactly. He's just a Darwin specialist. Last week he didn't score too well for his five goals. Um, you talk about the soccer goals as well with his son. Yeah, he's he loves the soccer goals. Out of those 10 goals, how many of them have been soccer off <laughs> yeah. the floor? Yeah, exactly. Right. He's been getting loose. He's so like fluid. Or he's been running back to goal as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, work, works hard both ways because he does line up on the wing from time to time as well. Um, but anyway, uh, I still think he's a, he's a go long term as a key forward. You know, could average probably an 80 somewhere along his career. Well, I mean, so. we all knew his scoring off the halfback was unreal, but now yeah. that his actual scoring is a four. People were like, when he went up 40, his scoring went gross. It was like four kicks. Yeah, like yeah, no, 40s, him. and everyone just like dropped him off the waves. Like, this guy's done. He's going to be useless for fantasy. But now he's shown, like, we could actually be like a Nick Rewald or a Matty Richardson back in the day. Like, yeah, yeah. Have those 15, 20 touches nah. and just get on the scoreboard. Yep. No, nah, I, I still like, he's going to be up and down, but he's definitely going to be one of the better key forwards for fantasy scoring. So, yeah, definitely want to stash away. Uh, Joel Jeffrey. It's 70 points this week. Uh, just a good role on the halfback line. It's, it's sticking around. And I think to score 75 in those conditions where there's not much fantasy scoring going on, I'm keen to see him just on like a, you know, a dry ground, like a Marvel Stadium or something like that playing this Definitely. role. Definitely. All the defenders at Gold Coast, like um, Darcy McPherson has been slaying this year. We yep. had um, everyone that got on the Atkins train, yep. everyone that was like riding willpower. They all had two really gross weeks. Yeah, like exactly. Just oh, awful. Those yeah. rebound defenders. So yeah, Joel Jeffrey, that... So what he scores 70, 75 75 was probably worth a ton in any other condition yeah. like the way you know the way that defenders were scoring on the yeah. weekend and they don't need him forward with um, Casbolt uh, King Lukosius Lukosius like yeah they, yeah. I think they've got another Bailey Humphrey they've got forward. another key forward coming in the draft next year apparently as well so they, I think they're yeah, probably trying to find a different home for him Sam Day played a game what did he play on the weekend he played the other week yeah I'm not, I'm not sure <laughs> I didn't know I, I, was like, I didn't even remember <laughs> Sam Day was on their list I just saw him yeah, pop like up that. and I was like yeah, how the hell sure. is Sam Day going to gig in a full line with Lukosius and King I was like <laughs> yeah. alright I'll move on to the Sunday games um 
Challenge Ward, 134 points. I didn't see a second of this game, so I'm not really sure what I happened I watched a bit of it. Yeah, it just went about the clock. It was vintage Callum Ward. Yeah, yeah. Well, they almost had a win, <laughs> I, I don't guess, expect it well. every week. It was pretty crazy. Is it, is it just like I think it was Kelly, Kelly was Kelly out. out. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'm pretty sure he just, he just found his spot back in the midfield and it just stepped up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you need someone to do a job in the midfield and you're playing short and Callum Ward's in your team, you'd be pretty up and about because yeah, absolutely. it's a bit like Trent Cotchin at Carlton. If if they find their old rollback and then, yeah. you know, you're pretty consistent. They, they know how to play footy. He's always taken early in like the redrafts, like, you know, when you top up, pick up your players for next season, that sort of stuff because he always gets put back to the pool, but he always scores pretty well. Does so he have any DPP up. on him? I, just, I think he does at the moment. If he has a DPP sure. on him, that'd be unreal. Yeah. Um, he would definitely be like, you know, I don't know how old he is. Probably I'll just double check that. Probably close he's, to retiring. I think he's like 33. Yeah. yeah, okay. I thought if he was like 31, yeah, maybe he gets a DPP pretty, because he's probably... He's close be, to being done. Would be handy as a as forward or a halfback flanker, especially with the the injuries that we've seen. Kelly and uh, who's on? Whitfield is so injury prone. Yeah, correct. Um, all right, Kieran Briggs. Can we make him too he's good for too the podcast? Good for yeah. I actually considered trading him to my classic side. I think Kays did actually. And he yeah, was a bit, I'm, about I'm a bit upset I didn't do it. I would have. Yeah. I was like, I could just trade him for a couple of weeks and just get a bit of cash gen out of him. I brought in Darcy Cameron just because of the DPP because then I can flick him forward when Marshall and English. The are only playing, other thing is like Braden Pruce is like, is he like four weeks away or something? Five That's the thing. Away? Well, he's still t- TBC on the injury list, so he was close to returning, and then he did something else. Okay, so, yeah. yeah well, we know Braden Pruce injury history, but. Yeah. Who's who's their preferred right? Because Kieran Briggs is playing pretty good footy right now. Yeah. When Braden Bruce is available selection, that's going to be a bit of a headache for. But even when he comes back, Bruce is going to need two or three weeks in the twos. Yeah. As well. So I think but he's going to be like, around for at least does another. Does Kieran month. Briggs over jump Braden Bruce in the in the rankings at GWS Rucks at the moment? The yeah. way he's playing footy, like he just he he definitely was like on par, if not better than Toby Nkervis, who's like would probably like top five talent yeah, like, yeah. win in the comp. So. Absolutely. Yeah, no, he's on fire at the moment. To so too there. good for the podcast because anyone who owns him would be very happy right now. I think he is also available in the mid-season draft I'm doing right now, but I have the last pick because I'm sitting top, so I doubt I'm going to get him. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Toby Bedford had 92 points, apparently played on Rioli, which could have led him to the ball a little bit. I'm not really sure, but he had nine tackles. In he goal actually had an unreal game. Yeah. Like, um, what he, he kicked one goal, but he had like five or six score involvements. Yeah, and a lot um, of tackles by looks. And he's just like, yeah, he's, 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 I was impressed. I, I've watched him a little bit this year, because I did just like, you know, they, uh, GBS traded for him and I just didn't think he would be like a great option. I was like, why do they want Toby Bedford? That's just a bit unusual out of the box. But yeah, no, he, that was his best game he's played at GBS for sure. Yeah, no. Nah. 19 disposals, kicked two, one goal, two, and had like six score involvements. Like he was very fluid up forward. Yeah. Yeah, he's had a few games where he played in the midfield. I oh, know, like, nah, it's probably, I don't know, because everyone's like talking about Brent Daniels. Um, Brent Daniels' hamstring. Yeah, injury. Yeah. Could he receive a bump there? And so I don't really know. Maybe, um, maybe. Brent Daniels went off pretty early in the game as well, didn't he? he was yeah. Like second quarter. Or yeah, it was. But um, it's, yeah, I don't know. He just sometimes seems to get rolls and he could be one that kind of just steps up in his absence. I don't really know. Um, who was the other ones? Uh, oh, sorry, that's all for the GWS Giants. Uh, let's move on to some Tigers. Not like here. Jay Rewell, 105 points. Just kicked five goals. I'm not really considering him given his well, age. run their article. Jack's back. Or <laughs> oh, Jack can play another three years. Or <laughs> oh, something. Dear. I, was, I thought it would be Jack's last year. Yeah, He's so doing heaps I. more media time. And when yeah. they start doing heaps more media time, you know that they're on their last legs. Yep, it's generally, yeah, a, a good sign. Um, and the other one on this list is uh, Camden McIntosh. Yeah, plays on the wing, puts up good scores from from time to time, but not consistent enough these days. There's a few at Richmond like that that can just start consistent, like McIntosh, Nathan Broad. Yeah. They sort of just float in and out of people's waivers. I see them like picked up for yeah. three weeks and they have their bad game <laughs> and they get dropped off. They're like, they'd probably like spend their time in almost everyone's team in my leagues. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I had a 
Cam McIntosh for a week. I had Nathan Broad for a week. I think Louis had them both for a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they get passed around a fair bit. Yeah, they can do things that, you know, put up some decent scores from time to time, but you, you pick them up after one good score and then they do nothing for a few weeks. And, yeah, and then, then they go back yeah, to the wife. <laughs> exactly. Actually, there's a few more GWS players here. Um, Xavier Halloran just keeps bobbing up with some good scores. Um, kind of plays on the wing and then goes forward. But uh, can also play as a bit of an extra inside as well. Um, yeah, he kicks a few goals from week to week. So it reminds me a bit of um, Cam Zerha. Yeah, a little bit. He's yeah. like massive, big bull body, yeah. and he hits the footy so hard. But <laughs> yeah. he just hasn't had his crack in the midfield yet. And it's like if he's got more of an engine room than Zerha has, yeah. he's actually going to go places. I mean, Zerha would. We know how good he'd be if he could play full time yeah. mid. Like with injuries, like they have rotated a few like him through there. But this week, Finn Callahan's the other one. He got 15 CBAs this week as well. So he had 85 points. So again, he's. Usually he's on been the outside very consistent as well. the last few weeks as well. Like the last yeah. five weeks, I think he's just been popping up with like some nice 75, 85 type scores. Yeah. Yeah, those kind of younger um, GWS players are just worth looking at as well. Um, Jai Caldwell, moving on to the last game of the round. So he's scored 107 points. He's another guy who's having a, a really good patch at the moment. Do you reckon this is all because of Parrish and it just goes away when Parrish comes back. Parrish out. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen a bump in Caldwell. We've seen a bump in, what did they say? Nick Martin's the most improved player of like the last five weeks or so. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Oh, I guess with Setterfield. Yeah, Setterfield and Parrish moved out and all these young kids are getting a bit of a run. So they're like, I've seen it, I saw an article on Archie Perkins written last week as well about how he's improved or whatever. It was like, it seems to be the the key topic of the Essendon media lately. But So Caldwell probably drops away when Parrish comes back. I'd say so. Listed as a four just got to ride it while he's out I guess yeah I mean he's probably already picked up in most people's leagues yeah. but yeah pretty handy if you've got him I'd put him on field rather than have him on the bench like I would have had earlier in the year yeah I've started to field him now which is kind of nice um, Archie Perkins we just mentioned he had 87 points we talk about him every week though because he's just such an almost there he'll get there one day though so we should probably just stop talking about him Ben Hobbs um I'm still unsure how he goes when everyone's fit in the same kind of way with, you know, Parrish. I think Shield got subbed out, Setterfield's out. There's still a few, a few people missing for the Essendon midfield. But he scored 86 again. Like, he's just so consistent. He's definitely a player for the yeah. future. Like, gotta if make him. he's not on a waiver, if he's on a waiver, you're kidding yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I've, I've got to make him too good for the podcast. He's had 480 plus scores in a row. So He, he pushed everyone's. Setterfield out of the midfield before Setterfield's injury as well. Yeah, exactly. So, like... Yeah, I think they've already worked out he's one for the future and pretty yeah. much game time into him as you can. Yep, I agree. Moving on to some North Melbourne players. Uh, Will Phillips has had back-to-back good scores, um, had 90 points this week. I guess with LDU out at the moment, he's kind of the guy he's kind of stepped in. LDU returns next week, but they've lost Greenwood. They've lost, um, who's the other one? They lost Simkin. So there's going to be a few spots up in that midfield. So I think he sticks around for the next few weeks. He's another one I think he's floating around in wave-wise as well. So. What we say the other week, um, the, the Brett Ratton taking over as well just expect like maybe some of the kids get yep. a bit more of a push or like yep. a bit of a shuffle and who's the uh, the preferred kid here and there didn't Tom Power have a very average game as well like? I think he came off the it was a sub so okay. he came on at half time right. I think it was I think I think it was but so yeah he might be one that actually gets bumped up though so he might be able to check yeah, his time on ground there, even like yeah. this week we saw Taron Thomas return and then like with the new coach like some things just happened there some you know some shuffle in the order of uh, of who they rate yep. obviously who Clarko rates versus yeah Tom Power had 21 points probably looks like yeah, he, was he, was, a sub. he was a sub yeah um, yep. but yeah who Clarko rates versus who Brett Ratton rates could you know could change yep no I think that's the yeah that could be the case as well um, Darcy Tucker 90 points just this that. is one I've got my notes this is I mean there's probably more research to be done or more data to be had but this is one that Trey brought to my attention a few weeks ago is that teams that play Essendon the player that's like the loose chip kick player just Slays, yeah, okay. Slays like the last five weeks, yeah. Um, to the point, 
So it started, it started with Shrey brought to my attention the week. Um, Essendon played Port and I put Dill Williams on the field. Yeah. And that was his first breakout game. He scored like 80 something or 92. Yeah. He had a heap of cheap kicks. The next week, he, Trey actually went, he captained Jaden Hunt. <laughs> no and, way. And Jay, was, I don't know if it was actually the week after, but Jane Hunt scored 132. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And like Jane Hunt, the guy's averaging 75. I was like, Trey, you're crazy yeah. for captaining Jane Hunt. But he had like a VC on it. It didn't, oh. it failed. He's like, I'm just going to roll Jane Hunt on the Sunday game. Yeah. Um, and Jane Hunt slayed. So like the winger slash running type. I don't know what it is. I just don't have, is it yeah. Essendon don't have a defensive forward that locks down or something that it clamps yeah. down. Yeah. But this week I was looking through the list. I was like, I brought in Bailey Scott because I was like, he plays wing, yeah. you know, a bit of a running type. Yeah. Um, I was looking at Luke McDonald scored well. Aaron Hall scored well. Darcy Tucker scored well, which yeah. is a name we just wouldn't have expected. Like would not have been on the realms of like, he's going to go well, but he had a good game. Um, the one that Trey was writing was he thought Harry Sheasel would slay, but we saw Sheasel spend a little bit of time up forward. I don't know whether he got clamped down as well. Like, yeah, I think there was there was some attention in Port team, and just plus Aaron Hall being inside and yeah, Z. But like, just, yeah, yeah, I mean, points. Car, Essendon play Carlton next week, so I want to ride this one out and see which player from Carlton gets the bump. Cool. I don't know whether. I mean, they've obviously already got a couple of good fantasy types yeah. like Doherty and. Um, Maybe Chincotta if he gets a gig. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe more of a halfback flanker or an outside if type. If Chincotta gets well. a gig, that'd be pretty handy. If Nick Newman's back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who would who would get a gig in that sort of rebound defender. But I want to put one down. Brody Kemp next week. <laughs> okay. We're gonna write, I'm going to write him. I'm going to say he has a good game. And if he doesn't, then you can slap me in the face. We'll come back to that next week. <laughs> uh, last and, and probably least in some people's eyes is uh, Taron Thomas. Uh, first game back after all the off-field uh, issues. Um, scored 82 points. Got a heap of time in that midfield. I mentioned all the outs for North Melbourne's midfield at the moment. It looks so. exciting though. Yeah, he did. So like for a guy that's had everything go on, probably hasn't trained as much as he should have. Like you know everything that's happened in that guy's head, he actually just looked like Taron Thomas of last year. Correct. Yeah. So I don't know. He's definitely one to consider from a fantasy perspective. Um, if he's someone you want to get into your side, um, it was again he was under the forty percent own threshold this week for the waivers. So he's definitely one to consider because he's available in a lot of leagues, and we just know the type of player he is and the fantasy player he can be. Right, he would have been like a second to third round draft pick before all the the um yeah absolutely the, you know the the off field drama came yeah. out. I saw him getting picked up real early in people's draft leagues this year. Yeah, and listed as a forward too is just yeah that little bit extra. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's all the players we're talking about this week. Um, we'll just kind of mention the membership program we've got going on on our website, uh, keeperleaguepod.com.au. Um, yeah, basically, if you wish to support the podcast, um, you can do so by becoming a member of the podcast. And in just a way of saying thank you for those who sign up. Uh, we've just got a few things um, on our website that are behind a paywall for members only, um, including our CBA analysis numbers, our kick-in analysis numbers, state league fantasy scores are all organised nicely for you, and the breakout tracker just to see where the young players compare against the best in the comp in the same time in their careers. So thank you to the following gold members, uh, Luke Richardson, Michael Paul, Nick Wall, Aiden McCrosty, Doss, the uh, superior Doss he calls himself, uh, one of my old footy mates. Thanks for uh, signing up there, Dos. Um, Kieran Sankey, another guy I used to play footy against, actually, back in the day. There's a few mates there. Well, I don't really know Kieran Sankey very well, but I just remember he was a gun back in juniors. Um, Lee Whiting, uh, Toby Littlejohn Lyons, uh, Michael Crimbo, uh, Stephen Beverly, and Will Mattock. So thank you to those who uh, have signed up as a member. All right, we're going to get through the last bit pretty quickly, I reckon, because less games, shorter pod, and uh, yeah, let's get stuck into listener questions. Um, at Nathan Byrne is asking, uh, is Zorko worth having for a team going for it? I'm assuming he means going for the flag. Or is his injury history too long and should trade him out now with his 83 average? What would your thoughts be? Would you chase him if you didn't have him and would you trade him if you did own him? 
He has not even crossed my thoughts this year. Yep. So, um, if you can get any value from him, I'd trade him. I think you could probably pick up another player who has better prospects in a trade realm. You could probably swindle someone in your league yeah. who is going for a flag as well. Yep. And you could almost double play here, trade him to someone who's going for a flag, try to pick up a young kid who you think might average well in the back half of the year. And trade that kid and off And then just better. pray that Zorka gets injured and ruins that guy's year as well. <laughs> I don't mind it because I think... Given Brisbane are probably like they're probably for mine probably one of the top two teams he could win the flag this year. He's going to do everything he can to remain fit and yeah, firing. Yeah, that's, that's so, true. Um, so I think just his injury history and like, yeah, it just has not crossed my mind. I have not. I have no doubt say he'll miss another game or two this season through injury, but you can hopefully weather that kind of storm when it happens. And then he's playing the final two rounds of the season where they're trying to get ready for finals. And yeah, he puts up a few massive scores. So I would go for it. Um, it's the type of trade that would win a flag and you've just got to take that punt sometimes. So yeah. Uh, yeah. No one that's worth it. Um, at Jinbi and Tonic asks, uh, is Sonsi worth holding in a dynasty? Seems like he's out of favor. We talked about new coaches and stuff coming in. Do you think he could be someone who gets a run soon a bit more frequently? He yeah, could come in for a Camden McIntosh um, or something like that. That was, was that. that was the second week of, the new coach yeah 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 I mean uh, Richmond won on the weekend but they definitely were talking about like a rebuilding phase towards the end of this year like yeah. there was a the whole point was like McQualter's in you got to play some of the kids get some of the kids some game times so when they get the new coach next year you can you know they're good it's already bit, you know, you've started the rebuild for next year already. yeah correct yeah. don't waste those, the back half of this yeah. year so yeah I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a gig in the back half of the year that's yeah. one thing I definitely was thinking about today with all these buyers yeah. is like Thinking, I was just trying to think of some players that probably you know probably are due to get some minutes, yep. whether they're playing for a contract, whether they're kids coming through the system. But we always see in the back half of the year more debutants. Yeah, kids get blooded, especially as soon as teams start to write themselves off out of the finals. Yeah, no, I agree. Which I think will be Richmond pretty soon in a couple of weeks. I'll be well and truly yeah. written off out of I finals. I think they're just trying to probably save a little bit of face because they were talking flags and stuff. Yeah, you don't want to be getting, you know you don't want to get pumped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, after the drama of losing a coach as well so yeah. you know, win a few games that's cool and then once your season's written off yeah. get the kids in with a player like Sonsi like because he's given his like what second year in the system like he's definitely I thought he had yeah. pretty good prospects yeah, last year he exactly. looked pretty tidy in the games he played yeah. so. so it's not that he's out of favour he's probably just not quite there yet more than anything um, the thing is like with in my dynasty league like would I, if I, because we've got a mid-season draft and I've got I've got the opportunity of bringing, say, someone like Briggs in or something like that with my team, Sonsi would definitely go because if he was like the last, he'd be That's the last. That's true. He'd that be the last. True. I wouldn't be like chasing him, but if yeah, you've yeah. got him and you've got the ability to hold him, I yeah. think, yeah, I mean, he debuted in the like back half of second year as well last year, didn't he? Yeah. As well. like, like I'm saying, the back half of the year is when we see the kids get more game time. So yeah, yeah. just hold faith for that. I but. reckon so, yeah. If you can afford to and you've got nothing else to do, then just keep him on there. Um, <laughs> Richard Eliadis has got a good one here. Now, I'm going to try to read this. Um, 2022 Himmelberg was back, backing his back scores. But is he back as a back or with Haynes back, does he go backwards to being a forward and not a back? So essentially, <laughs> my brain melts. Does Himmelberg? Himmelberg is technically two G four play, P player, so we didn't play um, talk about him before on, on the podcast. But Himmelberg played in the back line again and scored really well. Um, but is this short lived because Haynes is coming back? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'd say it's probably short lived because Haynes yeah. came back. Haynes probably the better ball user, and he's played pretty good yeah. footy this year. So they are running Cadman and um, Hogan up there, so they're kind of not short. But I think they like playing the third one up there. So it's be praying. I mean. Himmelberg, did he, did he sign on? Is that I, I haven't seen him immediately, but it wasn't so, he a contract yeah, I'm not, year? I'm or not a free sure. Agent year? Not sure. Yeah. There was a bit of talk about the free agent year. I imagine if he goes to a team and gets a full time like centre half back role, you'd be like, yeah, hundred plus average. Thanks for coming. Like, yeah, that's it. So hopefully he can do that. But um, I don't know. It's just because 
Like, I think he's a little bit wasted as a halfback flanker because key forwards are probably just a little bit harder to come by. Um, or just, you know, that intercepting role. But I don't know. Um, I, the thing is, like, you just can't trust from week to week, so it's probably just not worth worrying about too much um, and just riding it if you've got him. And then if you don't have him, probably just watch him a bit more before you're, you're sure about trading him in. Um, at Arnim, Mikey is asking, uh, where do we rank Briggs? Is he going to be a top five ruck this season? On average, do you think he finishes mm. the season as a top five ruck? I think he's almost there now, averaging 100 and something. Marshall, English, yeah. and Curvis. I'd say Wits probably pushes him out. And yeah. Brian. It's probably about six to eight, I reckon, on the list. Yeah. But, I mean, to the fact that I was considering to bring in my classic side the other week just for a bit of cash gen. Yeah. What we'll say before is if it just depends on Braden Bruce's fit because I don't – it's hard to rank himself over Ruck if he's only going to play like eight weeks and then Braden Bruce takes his role when he's fit. Yeah, correct. We're just going to see what happens with that. What happens with Bruce, that. Yeah. If Bruce gets ruled out for the year, be like, huh, yeah, Bruce is in. definitely in. But You've got to make the punt now, though, and he's definitely worth taking that punt on given what we've seen so far. Yeah, even just for cash gen yeah. options, like the blog's dishing up good juicy tons so yeah he's exactly cheap, so yeah um and joe downey uh wants to know about quentin narkel um how does he fit in with that midfield depth um or is he a long-term selection uh we've kind of talked about that i think if he comes in he doesn't play a pure midfield role because like midfield. a half forward yeah. I, th- I, I honestly reckon what they've done is because now they're in flower contention like they've won nine on the trot yeah you've got fantasia with all these injury issues yeah if someone gets injured he's the probably next one then in. you got willie rioli who like has been suspended has had a few injury issues like imagine if you get to the finals you port adelaide Fantasia's injured Willie goes down You're like shit We needed someone to come in Yeah Quinn Narkel Thanks for coming So yeah. that's what we usually see With the top 8 sides In the mid-season draft Is they try pick A position that they're lacking And they pick A ready-made player To yeah. come in Geelong's done Correct. it um, Stack usually, and depth. You know Pick up a, a, a ready-made Mature yeah. player All the teams that are bottom 8 Pick up the young kids In the yeah. mid-season So yeah. I'm not I'm not expecting big fancy things from him If when he does play I think he's, he's depth for like that finals injury. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. That pretty much brings the show to an end. So thanks, Checkers, for uh, coming on. Anything you want to plug at the moment? Um, no, not overly. Just you know, get around <laughs> usual, at, usual Marmalade, <laughs> at Marmalade underscore Oz on TikTok and Instagram and follow all your shenanigans. You'll yeah. be at the Crows game this week? Uh, yeah, we're going to Sample. Port Magpies game first. We're doing a longest kick at halftime. Oh, cool. I'm yeah. wearing my footy socks right now because we just came from a video where I was in full kit. Yeah. I've been wearing that kit more than anything lately. <laughs> Is that your, uh, your Lockley's kit? Lockley's long sleeve. <laughs> yeah, nice. um, Do you have to uh, wash your own kits these days? Your own, I, bought, uh, I bought my ah, long sleeve. Okay. Yeah. uses a one out of the kit bag, so he yeah. doesn't have to wash it, but yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, I thought uh, that might be a since quite COVID a process as well or. because it's covered in milk, so it stinks. Like, <laughs> you have to use a fair bit of fabric softness and like... Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a bit of a process, but yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Sample, we'll go to the Sample this week, and then I'll probably go to the Crows game afterwards as well. All right, we'll say good day to Checkers if you are around uh, at either of those. Um, but yeah, get around us on our socials, at Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Uh, and also, um, yeah, get around our sponsors, Game Day Squad. Make a team if you haven't done so already. Um, and yeah, see how we track in that one. And also, if you want to support the podcast, please consider coming becoming a member. There's a link to that in the description if you're keen to sign up. Anyways, thanks once again, Checkers, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks for having me.